Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour, broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly and I here in Hattiesburg. Luke at Laurel. Lee Roberts about to join us as he does every Tuesday. First, we want to remind you about our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit and how they support Southern Miss athletics and what delicious food they serve seven days a week. Make sure the next time you want to take your family out for a great meal, it's Dickie's right here in Hattiesburg, and we thank them for their support. All right, uh, former quarterback and color analyst for the radio network, Lee Roberts, joins us every Tuesday. Appreciate that, Lee. And uh, I want to ask you this question as a former quarterback at Southern Miss and a very, very good one. Uh, your observation of, of just how difficult a situation this is for the uh, coaching staff to lose uh, the young man that they had built the spring and fall around at quarterback and now have a true freshman in. Your thoughts about overall how that affects the team and and how Keyes was able uh, to perform under a lot of pressure Saturday night. And anytime you lose your starting quarterback, I mean, it just, it it really deflates you. It it takes everything away that you've been looking for, but you know, we're not the only team in the country that, that this has happened to. Um, However, you know, most teams are probably not starting a true freshman either. And, uh, you know, it, it is a tough situation. And, and I look for the situation to get better each and every week. And, you know, obviously we got to see Tykees against Grambling last week, and he looked somewhat comfortable. So going into the Troy game, you, you would expect that he would look and feel comfortable. But, um, you know, I just I say this, he was, he, was, he was hit hard. He was hit a lot. Um, had to do a lot of running. Um so very very tough situation, and you know we just we weren't very productive offensively. And uh, you know I'll, I'll be honest though, you know we drive down, we get the first three points of the game. Obviously you'd love to score a touchdown, but points are points are good, right? So uh, you got to have some confidence. And then defensively they they play lights out that first half, and you know, you get an opportunity late in the game to go down and kick a field goal, and you miss the field goal, and maybe that takes a little bit of wind out of yourself going into the locker room, but still. You're up three to nothing, you know, against a, a pretty good offensive team, and and that's really all it took for that for that team to come out the second half and you know move down and score their first possession. And uh, I just think overall defensively we we got really tired, but we played two really good quarters to start the game. And in fairness to Keys, no matter how good the quarterback, you've got to have an offensive line that's protecting you. And uh, this kid wasn't getting a lot of protection uh, when he was trying to pass. Uh, the, the run game was pretty much stopped by the defensive strategy of Troy. And your offensive line has to rally around a freshman like this. Am I right? No, you, you're you're exactly right. And, and again, just to talk about what Troy did. I mean, nine sacks in the game, sixteen tackles behind the line of scrimmage, and you know they just took away a running game that was very good the week before and. Um, as, as a freshman quarterback, when you know your running game is not there, you know your line is, is not holding up 
you, you tend to, you know, escape the pocket a little little quicker than you would want. But, you know, like I said, nine sacks, man, that, that just takes a toll on you as a quarterback. And uh, it becomes part of a mental thing as well. And, you know, whether it's throwing the ball high, which, I, you know, I said many times Saturday, I felt like, um, you know, Ty's arm just a little strong. He's a little high on some of his throws. One of his interceptions across the middle was, you know, a ball that he kind of zipped and it came off the hands of a receiver. And just he's got to have a little bit more finesse, a little bit more touch, and that's just going to take time. Lee, the offensive line was not an area of concern going into the season, at least, you know, from uh, media reports and so on. A lot of experience coming back. But the performance has not been there. The, the coaching staff focused on offensive line in the recruiting season. Are the guys that they recruited to come in, are they works in progress? Or just what is, from your vantage point, going on or not going on with the offensive line? Yeah, and I think every position is a, a constant work in progress, especially when offensively you're, you're not performing like you really feel like you should. And, and I mean, Coach, Coach Hall has taken ownership on that. He's taken, taken the blame for sure. Um, you know, they did make a switch last week at right guard. Coca Wright started uh, for, for the first time this season. Um, you know, I know at left tackle, you know, Bryson Mays is uh, splitting some time there with Tykeem Dawes. Obviously, Arvin Fletcher, who is our most experienced offensive lineman, moved to the center of the line to be center, um, you know, to give us some experience there and some size. And, uh, you know, I, I just think everybody right now, I mean, obviously through three games, you'd like to be better. But, again, as you said, it, it is a work in progress. And I, and I just hope that the guys that are the second teamers, that they're pushing those first teamers uh, to make them better. That's the only way they're going to get better. And I just I, I just think it's time. But, you know, as a, as a Southern Miss fan, and, you know, I, I think everybody's ready to see that. And uh, just was a rough week for sure. Before we let Luke get in on the conversation, my final question, and Will Hall kind of mentioned this in, in kind of an inquisitive state, if you're having difficulty running the ball and your quarterback isn't getting time to throw the ball, there really isn't a whole lot else you can do besides run or throw. So where do you even begin to try to fix this? You know, and I mean, the, the short answer is, you know, for Todd just to try to make, make something happen with his legs. And, you know, he is very athletic and he can do that. But, you know, he wants to try to throw the football downfield and, um, you know, it just, it just gets back to, you know, watching film. Maybe it's that one first step is, is wrong or bad. And, you know, offensive linemen, I mean, it's, it's a lot about steps and um, using your hands in the right way. And hopefully Coach Darvo has got those guys in, um, in, in the film room and taking a look at film and, you know, what he sees on the film, trying to get it corrected on the field. And, you know, I mean, it, it's not that it's been a lack of anything. I mean, there's been the coaching, there's been the teaching, there's been the, the walkthroughs. There's been the live practice. Uh, again, it's it's time. Maybe it's it's a little bit of the system. I just think uh, I just think we got to give these guys a little bit more time. But you're right. I mean, we, we want it now. We need it now for sure to try to protect Tykees. Luke Lee, uh, you know the value of having excellent receivers with Pinkston and Gideon with you. Uh, I, I guess what's frustrating for Golden Eagle fans, they were excited about this receiving core. Uh, Kasten uh, kind of shows you what uh, what type of receiver he was in the first two games. He didn't even get a catch. Oh, he may not have even been targeted on on Saturday. But Brownlee on the year, uh, eight catches. Uh, Demarcus Jones at seven. Uh, Frank Gore really at seven. So it tells you a lot of been a lot of checkdowns. 
I guess that's what's frustrating for Golden Eagle fans is that they know what kind of talent we have, but because of the offensive line play and with a freshman quarterback, it seems as if our mid-to-deep passing game has been taken away and, and may not be there for several weeks. You know, and, and, and to say that your leading receiver coming out of Saturday's game was your tailback, I mean, that, that does speak speak a lot. And, and that is, I mean, that's just your quarterback. You know, whether he's making it through all of his progression or he doesn't have time to make it through his progression, he knows where his outlet is. So I'll give him that as far as being able to, to dump the ball down to Frank Gore. But, yeah, I mean, uh, we've we got to have Robinson catching the ball. He's a, he's a great athlete. God, we were glad to have him back. Um, we need him to stay healthy. And of course, Brownlee, we knew coming in, this offense was going to be, you know, Frank Gore, Jason Brownlee, Trey Lowe. Now we're without, we're without Trey Lowe. Brownlee, you know, I feel like he's healthy. You know, Saturday, I think he was targeted seven times, just three catches. And um, that's just, that's not what he wants. He wants more production as well. So we just got to make sure these guys keep their head right. They stay focused. And maybe it's just extra time throwing the football. I mean, you get your timing down with one guy. Now the, uh, second game of the year, third game of the year, rather, you um, you have a new quarterback. It's, it is going to take time. The chemistry needs to be there, and um, every, everyone's got to step up. You talked about the nine sacks from Troy, but the Eagles actually got four sacks and nine tackles for loss against Troy. I think that's kind of been lost in the nine sacks uh, that, that Keys – uh, got hit with. Uh, I mean, I was the two times they repelled when they forced uh, you know the turnover on downs, forced the field goal and the fumble snap, and then they forced the fumble. I mean, I was really feeling like I was watching the nasty bunch out there. Austin Armstrong, an incredible job through three games, number six rushing defense in the country. Man, he has, and uh, you can't say enough about you know what he's been able to do again, and, and how these guys have balled in and. And how he relates to him. I mean, if you sit down and have a conversation with him, it's like, man, what a brilliant-minded defensive coach he is. And uh, uh, just a, a great scheme, a great system. You're right, nine tackles for loss. I mean, they're, they're getting after him. They're a really good team on the run. You mentioned a forced fumble. I think they actually had two uh, total uh, in, in the game and you know multiple pass breaks up in, in the secondary as well. But I, I think what people have to realize, too, is, you know, this is a this is a team that has now played in two weeks. They've played two quarterbacks that were you know SEC signees, and uh, the guy at South you know was was pretty good. The guy Saturday second half was pretty good as well. And um, those guys signed in the SEC for a reason. They're they're pretty good talent, but uh, and they're going to make plays. So defensively, they're going to give up some stuff as well. But super proud of the way Austin Armstrong has brought these guys along. Hey, Lee, we've got a very short three-minute break. Can you hang on for just a couple of minutes and let us ask you a little bit about the upcoming game? You got time? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be Uh, fine. Lee Roberts, more from him on the Eagle Hour right after the break. Stay with us. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Bob and Kelly in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke, First Bank studio, Laura. We're so grateful to First Bank for all they do. A uh, full-service bank uh, throughout South Mississippi and, of course, the home of the perfect 
10. This segment is sponsored to you by uh, our good friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, where they even have clothes for mine and Kelly size, we're proud to say. Well, they've got, I mean, you you wear what, maybe a large? Maybe? No, I'm, I'm like an XL. Are you? Yeah. Well, I am too, but... Go ahead. An XL, XL, I mean, XL, XL. When, <laughs> when he looks, when when he looks at an extra large, because he wears an eight X. I mean, it does look like a large box. Yeah, that's there, there you. Well, I, I said to Miss Kathleen because I, I got a, a, a new shirt, and uh, she says, "What size do you need?" And I said, "Well, come over here around the corner." <laughs> I don't want to have to say it out loud. They had it though, didn't they? I, I, yeah, she yeah. said. She said, "Do you really?" I said, "Yeah," and she said. Right over here, please. She's got the she's yeah. got the rack. Yeah, so, uh, there you go. Uh, the best selection of Southern Miss swag anywhere on the planet. Miss Kathleen's just completely awesome. That you'll just never meet a nicer person. So, uh, buy all your Southern Miss swag from Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Lee Roberts is uh, staying with us for another segment. We're grateful for that, Lee. Uh, we, we talked, I think, talked enough about the game, and, and I think everybody is aware of the situation. I, I want to take you back for a minute. When you were playing, I think you guys uh, in, in your four years here, you took on all comers and you didn't really get intimidated. It really didn't matter who you played. You guys went into the game feeling like uh, you were going to win the game. Realistically, no, and yeah, go ahead. Ab- absolutely. I mean, that was kind of the mindset that we that we took. I mean, I'm not sure what year it was, but we kind of had that that slogan: "Anyone, anywhere, anytime." And and that was, I mean, we we wore it. We truly felt it. We believed it, and you know that was that was kind of the way we were. I mean, we tried to represent Southern Miss, you know, everywhere we could go, and um, and you did. You know, yeah, no, we did, and yeah. uh, and you did. Uh, just some 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 great times for sure. But yeah, I got a chance to play some some super super uh, big time schools and some big time atmospheres, and you know, excited about this week as well. I mean, it's always fun to to go to Bama. Uh, a lot of a lot of tradition there at Alabama, and uh, looking forward to it. So, from the perspective of this young team, Lee, what what do you think the coaches hope to hope to accomplish Saturday, and 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 what would have to take place uh, to leave and and feel like that you well, you know we made progress this week. This was a positive experience. You know, what one thing you got to you got to do, and and it's almost similar to when we played Grambling. You know, the mindset was, hey, it's it's all about us. Let's just do what we can do that we can control and you know whether it's um you know try to complete the easy balls try to do this uh try not to have the the negative penalties what you don't want to do when you go to Alabama is is give them something to get excited about and that's a that's an interception return for a touchdown or a a crazy play that gets their crowd excited there's going to be a a loud atmosphere there at Bryant Denny Stadium and you know, as a, as a coaching staff, as you prepare this week, you know, obviously in the back of your mind, you want to win the football game. But two, you just want to put your guys in a situation where they can walk away feeling successful. They, um, defensively, we, we've talked defensively. We're, we're pretty doggone good. We'll see this week, you know, how we match up against a really, really good defense, uh, offensive team from Bama. Let's put in perspective real quickly. Has there ever been, and, and Kelly and Luke, you can join in here with Lee. Has there ever been a college dynasty in football like the one we see currently with Alabama? Lee, I'll start with you. You know, I, I really can't think of it. I mean, it, it's it's the one school that I can – when you talk about national championships, the first school that comes to mind is University of Alabama. And, um, you know, that was really before 
you know, the Nick Saban era. That was back mm-hmm. with uh, Paul Bear Bryant. But obviously what Nick Saban has been able to do since he got on campus at, at Bama is, is just tremendous. Um, and, and, and he's done it in the SEC, and he's beaten teams like Clemson in the national championship game and uh, just a big-time program for sure. Luke, has there ever been a run like the one we see right now with Bama? Yeah, I think Kelly's uh, under uh, twelve baseball team had a pretty good <laughs> run, so I think that would rack it that up. Would y'all, be are, the y'all are pretty good, right. Santa, right? Yeah, the Oak Grove Mojo teams that I put together, which some of the players are playing Division One football now and baseball. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are, but but what's what's unfo- it, what's unfortunate about what Lee was saying about Alabama is now with this this likeness rule, image and likeness rule, it's going to give schools like Alabama even a bigger advantage because where you couldn't recruit players by greasing their palms legally you know giving them money under the table well now these coaches can go to the big car dealership in town and say look i can't give the kid a hundred thousand dollars but you could you know sign him to an image and likeness contract and give him a new car and all that so you'd be helping doing great things for the school and that's what lou saban or lou saban uh nick saban is selling now you know, he's saying, look at, all, look at all the image and likeness contracts my guys are getting. So if you come to Alabama, you're going to get one, too. See what I'm saying? So it's just yeah. the rich are going to get richer from this. So there's, there just doesn't seem to be any end in sight. you agree now, with that, Luke? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you knew this. That's actually his middle name, Kelly. It's Nicholas Lou Saban Jr. So you were actually correct. Well, on that. Lou anyway, Saban coached the, um, the Buffalo Bills back in the, you know, when O.J. Simpson was there. Lou correct, Saban was correct. the head coach. Yeah, but that that's his that's his middle name. Yeah, I think uh, they were talking to to Shane Beamer, the head coach at South Carolina, and they asked him this question: What kind of you know did Georgia do this past weekend? You know to to really beat your team? And he's like, Have you seen their roster? They have like five hundred five star players. Other than that, they're really good. And that's the same thing that you feel about with with Bama. Is that their third their third three deep on their on their roster are like four stars. And so their first and second deep, one and two deep, are five stars. And that is what has created so much is the accumulation of talent. It's different from what Bear Bryant did back in the day because uh, he actually you know, could get 200 players, sign them on the swim team, on the track team. But, but now with scholarship limitations, if there's a scholarship guy and he plays two varsity sports, he counts towards the 85 in football. So I don't think there's anything like it that we've seen uh, or we'll ever see what Saban's doing in Tuscaloosa. I, I want to know, and I'm going to ask Lee Roberts this. Lee, as, as we welcome you back to the Eagle Hour. Will Hall has never had a losing season in his first year as coach. Now, it's never, they haven't been Division One schools, but I'm just saying, right. you know, unless things change pretty drastically and you've got some red-hot teams now like UTSA and UAB who are in the conference and on Southern Miss's side of the ledger. So this schedule doesn't look like it's going to get relatively you know, easy at any time based on the way they're, right. they're playing now. Poor Will Hall. You know, th- this is something he's never gone through before. No, and, and, and obviously it, when you get into coaching, you, you have to know you're going to have a year that is you know, tougher than others, but really still in the back of his mind, you know, he believes in this team and, and, and we have to as well. Um, you know, and, and he told me last week when we talked about Ty Keys being the starter, I think there's six different programs that he's been involved with. Where he had to start a true freshman uh, at quarterback at some point during the year. And all six of those scenarios that true freshman went on to be, uh, you know, whether it was freshman of the year or conference player or whatever, 
you know, so he he's had success even with the freshman quarterback. In the back of his mind, he believes that Tykees can do that. We just now have to have the other 99 players uh, surrounding Tykees offensively, defensively, and special teams believe believe in the same thing. So, I mean, I think Tykees believes in himself as well. And um, you know, and yeah, we're we're down one to two, one and two right now, and have Bama on the schedule. But uh, again, we just we just want to work on some things and you know make sure we come out positive in some scenarios for sure. And, Lee, doesn't the Southern Miss fan base, and I know guys like Kelly and I that have been around a long time, and Luke, Luke is old enough to know, what it was like to be on top, what it was like to watch a Lee Roberts Southern Miss football team take on everybody in the country and you go to every game with the expectation that your school, yeah, damn right our school can win the game. I mean, that was the mindset of every game I ever went to. Doesn't the fan base have to be a little patient and give uh, this new coaching staff some time? You know, I, I, they do, and I hope they are. Um, you know, and, and you hear it from Coach Hall on his post game show, uh, and you know, from and then from his you know Thursday night radio show, basically saying, "Hey, we're going to get this back to where we're a championship team. We don't know if it's going to be year one or year two, but stay with us, be patient, stay with us." And you know, he's a guy that affects high school players and he's going to bring in some recruits that maybe another coach might not have gotten um and and so i truly believe that he is going to get this program back to where it needs to be but yeah we just need to be patient and just hang on all right lee great conversation we appreciate you giving us the extra time today lee's going to be on the show next week on monday is that that's right correctly monday that's right yeah uh, next monday for so sure. lee will join us monday we'll recap the alabama game then look forward to a what's ahead after this weekend. Thanks again, Lee. Lee Roberts, everybody, color analyst of the Golden Eagle Radio Network, great quarterback, of course, uh, in the past for Southern Miss. All right, we're going to switch gears a little bit uh, in the next segment. There is a phenomenal story taking place uh, in high school football. My two cohorts here deeply involved in high school football, so I'm sure they have an appreciation for what we're going to discuss. Tiny Greenville Christian School. A private school up in the Mississippi Delta knocking off all the big boys. We're going to talk to a real uh, big-time high school football coach who's going to join us uh, about that, and we're going to have that discussion next. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday, appreciate Lee Roberts, the color analyst for the Southern Miss football radio broadcast team. Appreciate his time, those first and second segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street, Packers and Lions on uh, the big screens last night. Packers prevailed. But it was all at 4th Street, you could have caught that, and uh, lots of stuff going on, as always, at 4th Street, of course, every day, 8.95 lunch. We appreciate Slade White and his crew over at 4th Street Bar and Grill. They're proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, well, you've heard about a team in Mississippi high school football that 
To say make waves is uh, probably a, a tremendous understatement. Greenville Christian Academy, the Saints, uh, were actually playing probably within about 500 yards of where Kelly and Bob are right now. And the fact that they beat the number one team in the state, uh, the Oak Grove Warriors, 48-41 on, thir- on Friday, is just something they have been doing all season. They've defeated Madison Ridgeland Academy. Jackson Prep, and uh, more to talk about that, former uh, PCS head football coach Joey Hawkins joins us now. And, Coach, we were talking about in the break, Greenville Christian is 3A in the private sector, but you can explain to our audience 3A is not what it seems like. 3A is actually the lowest level of football as we know it in the state of Mississippi. That's correct. It's, it's, uh, it's the lowest division in 11-man football. 1A and 2A are 8-man football uh, in the private school. So it's, it's the lowest level, and it's, uh, there's only 11 teams in 3A in the, in the state in private school. So, so this team, Greenville Christian, they really come out of nowhere, but you kind of had the inside track on them. You you told us that they were going to be really good. Tell our audience, you know how you how you knew that, and kind of how this superstar team this year came to be. Well, last year, you know, COVID hit, and most of the Delta schools shut down, so they couldn't play football. So Greenville Christian, uh, they had a couple of cousins. Uh, from Green, you know, that went there that, uh, were from Greenwood. That's where DJ Smith, the great quarterback came from. And then it was just a collection of athletes throughout the Delta. And Greenville Christian says, y'all come. And they won the 3A championship last year. They were, they were on schedule to probably win maybe four games last year. And, but they picked up, uh, about 23 players. And then this year they all stayed, which was, you know, I thought they may go back to their, you know, original schools. They all stayed and they picked up uh, two Division One players from Southern Miss. Uh, both of them are already committed to Southern Miss. And uh, they picked up a couple of more. And, uh, they just got a great collection of athletes. Put in perspective how small Greenville Christian School is. Cause let, let me give this stat to people. Then, as a as a really successful high school coach yourself, I want you to put in perspective what they did Friday night when they defeated Oak Grove last year, twenty twenty. Oak Grove had seventeen hundred and forty seven students in their high school. Greenville Christian had two hundred and twenty four students from kindergarten through the twelfth grade. How remarkable is it that a school that size comes to Hattiesburg and knocks off the defending 6A champ, state champions on their home field? Well, I've been following high school football since I was six years old in Mississippi, uh, since 1965. Uh, it's one of the greatest stories of all time. It's, uh, it's a Cinderella story. It's kind of like Hoosiers in basketball. It's just amazing. Think, you're watching a miracle, Bob. You're watching a miracle. So, really, what what is Greenville Christian, Joey? What, what you, you've used the term ministry, kind of fill in the blanks there. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they're uh, in the two thousand early two thousand. Their uh, enrollment declined significantly, and uh, most of the people in Greenville, you know, go to St. Joe or Greenville, Washington, and those three schools are only four miles apart, and. Uh, but there was a guy that kept that school open. He was a board chairman. He said, I'm going to keep this school open 
Uh, we have a lot of minorities that need a place. Uh, we've got a great ministry here. And I went up there, and I've spoke a couple of times. It, it is, their school is a, it's really a ministry, and they're so close to each other. Uh, and that's why they all stayed. I'm telling you, that's why they all stayed at Greenville Christian this year. Uh, they're really doing some great things off the field, too, for these kids, aren't they, Coach? Because the, these oh, kids no had doubt. no school to go to last year. And I got a lot of friends in Greenville. And, and there were a lot of kids from the public schools in Greenville that had nowhere to go. They ended up on the street, basically. It was just not a good situation. So Greenville Christian School really provided more than just a place to play football for these kids, right? Oh, no doubt. And, uh, you know, some of them, uh, they got four or five players from Greenwood, which is 62 miles one way. Right. So, you know, they take care of them during the week. Uh, they stay with cousins and uh, friends, and they just are loving the game of football and playing. Uh, they played uh, the number 10 to 12 team in the nation of Collins Hills out of Atlanta, the only loss in the season. They play Riverside this week, which is ten miles straight down Highway One. Slaughter, and uh, they're small. <laughs> they're a small school. That's going to be a and slaughter. Then, <laughs> and then next week, they travel to Jackson Academy. So they played MRA, Jackson Prep, and now next in two weeks they'll play Jackson Academy. Um, we should we should mention they put sixty four up on MRA. They put 48 on prep, and those two teams combined, what, Coach, they've won like the last eight or nine state titles themselves? Correct. Six eight. The last nine. You know, and they've, yeah, got, and, and, you know, they've got great programs, you know. The, uh, the best comment made was uh, there was a broadcast of the game going on, and someone said, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at your 3A private school state champions right before you. This was Friday, and, you know, you still got all this other other games to play. But, uh, Coach, there's just, I guess, no way that anybody in 3A will knock them off. Oh, no, it's impossible. It's, 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 it's impossible. I mean, um, uh, like I say, they have less than 20 in a class, K-12. Right, that, that's and, right. Yeah. And there's no other school, no, no. In 3A, it's not, look, they're going you know, to be uh, Jackson Academy in two more weeks. That'll, that'll be the three largest schools in Mississippi private school. MRA prep and JA, and um, it's just uh, it's something to behold. You know they'll lose a big crop next year, and they've got to go back and play MRJ and prep. So I, I told their coaching staff, I said, "You remember, don't run those scores up. You got to play them next year." <laughs> well, and you know, coach, you you described it perfectly. You could this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but you could almost throw a rock from Greenville Christian School to Greenville St. Joe. You could ride a bike between the schools pretty easily. Washington School Coach, as you know, has been the dominant uh, private school up there for many, many years. Uh, It's maybe two or three miles. And then 15 miles down the road is Indianola Academy, which has been a dominant uh, private school up in the Delta for years. And just so the audience knows, back before football season ever started, uh, Coach Hawkins was visiting with me in my office, and he told me this was going to happen. And he left, and, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I think a lot of Coach Hawkins, but I, I just got no idea, Kelly Sander, what he's thinking, that Greenville Christian School was going to dominate the set. Coach, Coach, I'll listen to you the next time. <laughs> well, they, they've got uh, – they really got some nice players. And uh, and the thing about this team, you know, they, they've uh, just 
just jail, too, because they came from all different kinds of schools. And not only are they a good football team, they're great people, too. They are class act, uh, you know, and they've got some warriors on this team. I mean, he looked like he was over when, when over when 41-34 after three. Everybody in their team's laying out with clamps. Uh, you know, most of them go both ways. But they found a way to win it and uh, give them credit. It's um, it's one of the greatest sports stories um, I've ever experienced. And I know the fact that you say they're going to lose a lot at the end of this year, but you know how winning is. Winning has a way of attracting other players to that school that might not otherwise have considered it as an option. That's that's true, and I believe uh, that will carry some weight and a lot of merit in the next year. But look, you don't pick up a DJ Smith, and you don't pick up receivers. Hey, got it's hard to get them. They're not on every street corner, you know. But but I think they will usher in some more players. But it will it will be hard to top the player the collection of players they have right now. All right, real quick, coach. About forty seconds. You say two of those kids are committed to come to Southern Miss. Is that right? That's right. And so, well, yeah, outside linebacker, uh, he, he's really a great player. And then Bale, the wide receiver, three, he's phenomenal. I'm telling you, I'm just praying that they stay on the radar because I think both of them could play in SEC. There you go. Well, Coach, thanks a lot, man. We always appreciate your insight. And a Coach, of course, has a show here every Thursday night at uh, 6 o'clock inside the locker room. He and Neville Barr. And uh, thanks a lot, Coach. Always good having you on the show. Yes, we have Corey McGee this week. She went. She was uh, Olympian this year in the fifteen hundred meters. She's from Pass Christiane, and uh, she'll be on the show. We're looking forward to interviewing her. All right, there you go. Thanks, Coach. Coach Joey Hawkins, everybody. Kelly Sander, he knows a little bit about high school coaching, doesn't he? Yeah, he's been around, and he knows those those Jackson private schools, you know, really well. And his his former PCS team is doing quite well this year. And this is the uh, the station in Hattiesburg is the flagship station for Presbyterian Christian High School. There you go. All right, we'll wrap up the Eagle Hour right after this. segment on this Tuesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Always something going on. Check out all this going on, dbathattiesburg.com. They're on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Hey, we want you to listen to the Eagle Hour, and I guess uh, you're doing that if you're hearing this. So we want you to be able to know the flexibilities, though, of listening to the Eagle Hour. Of course, uh, many of you join us on Super Talk uh, Hattiesburg or Super Talk Laurel, either on the website or on the radio. You do that every single day. Sometimes uh, you you and I know people that have done this. You uh, you take off. You you move your lunch. We got one one special dude that works with my my father in law over at Woolline Ford, a guy named Gary Williams, who used to play for Southern Miss. He actually changed his lunch schedule around in order to uh, <laughs> in order to be able to uh, to listen to the Eagle Hour. But we know some of you aren't able to do it, so just remind you again, 
you have uh, the ability to listen to it on demand at supertalk.fm, but podcast form is a great way to do it on the Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, those platforms. All you got to do is search for the Eagle Hour, and I found this out also. If you have an Alexa device, you could just simply say, Alexa, I want to listen to the Eagle Hour. Now, if you're listening and you just heard me say, Alexa, I want to listen to the Eagle Hour, you're probably devices are going haywire right now because it's hearing me speak and she's thinking i'm talking to her anyway lots of options for you to listen to the eagle hour and uh if you are uh foolish enough or uh, interested enough to listen to us every day we greatly appreciate it we don't know what we're talking about half the time but we enjoy talking about it luke kelly and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Couple news and notes. Conference USA has named uh, Southern Miss cross country athlete Lena May the uh, cross country female athlete of the week. Um, getting close to Getty time here. Uh, she knocked uh, 20 seconds off her her uh, her 5K uh, to finish 16th overall to North Alabama Showcase. Bob, she's getting she's creeping up on you. She went 17 minutes and 25 seconds in a 5K. So I was big in the just want to let you know. Um, yeah, did you know that? Yeah, Kelly? you you set. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I, was I just Luke was telling me Luke was talking about the Alexa thing. I think my Alexa is married because I'll say Alexa, you know, I want to listen to the Eagle Hour, and it'll shout back, "Listen to it yourself." You know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, also want to remind two people. I want to thank our listeners over on the Macomb Super Talk Station. In fact, our winner. Uh, this past Thursday, when we gave away tickets, was actually a Macomb listener, Luke. So uh, we're just grateful for everybody that tunes in. Yeah, and I want to congratulate you two guys because we are sold out in the radio format. Correct. That's correct. No sponsorships allowed. No, no sponsorships. They're in allowed. Fact, in just... fact, tomorrow we will uh, have a little something to say about our latest sponsor that joined us and sold us out completely, and we're very happy to yeah. have them on the air. and. We'll be talking about them tomorrow. Yeah, none of that happens without you guys listening. Thank you, know. you very much. Yeah, for sure. There is a uh, an ominous possible sign happening today in New Orleans, guys. the uh, The Superdome roof is burning. There is uh, news video of a portion of the brand new Caesars Superdome recently changed from Mercedes-Benz because we don't want to be like the Falcons. So it is the Caesars Superdome, and there's it's actually some of the roof on the side was on fire today. I just hope that's not a metaphor or a sign about the rest of the season for the Houdats, but that's happening hmm. in New Orleans right now. Well, that's not good news. You want you want the team to get back home where they can play on their home field, Luke. What, do you, any more detail about that? Major fire, small fire? I mean, it's smoke and flames on the roof of the Superdome. Not, not like the whole thing. It's not like a bonfire, but I'm saying yeah, it's okay. like there's a portion of the side of the roof that, yes, is is on fire. And so, you know, if the Saints, if there's no such thing as Hurricane Ida, the Saints may not be playing uh, there in a couple weeks. But they're not going to be playing there for, for several more weeks. Uh, Kelly, smoke and fire, is that not symbolic of the hopes of Cincinnati fans after game one? I'm I'm going to turn the car around right now. <laughs> you, t- you, you we were talking about the and look we were talking about the Southern Miss offense earlier today. Right, Cincinnati's right. offense looks very much the same. Joe Burrow, if he passes the ball, it's two or three yards. They got all these great receivers, and they're not throwing the ball any further than two or three yards. All, I got him all cranked up, Luke. <laughs> And he threw th- three <laughs> consecutive interceptions on three passes this past weekend. You know the last quarterback to do that? <laughs> no, I don't. Fitz Magic. Uh, oh, your, my, your boy. Oh, That's <laughs> don't fitting, of don't bully him, though. No. Bengals don't like that. That head coach, like he doesn't like bullied. bullying. He... <laughs> 
Well, he need, he needs to be gone after this yeah, year. Kelly was so excited. But I mean, who, who y'all going to get, Kelly? Who y'all going to get? Well, the first qualification is he has to be somebody that'll work for minimum wage. All right. We've we've already already determined the Bengals don't like to pay their coaches, um, and then they obviously have to be into pain. But the, the black and white uniforms looked pretty nice, if that's any consolation. That's what the Lions thought last night, too. Don't our uniforms look nice? Yeah, right, you know, and they exactly got right. clobbered by, exactly. the, well, by was, the Packers. Well, it was really funny, and because of all the – I don't know if you saw last night, but but Favre got on there with uh, with, with Eden, Eli, and Peyton. And Brett didn't realize how close he was to the, to the, his camera, and so it was like a up-close-and-personal of the nasal cavity of Brett Favre. <laughs> But anyway, in, in order to in order to honor him today, they uh, they had a you know a, a, an image set up and it said Brett Favre twenty thousand passing yards ahead of Aaron Rodgers. So we know who the best quarterback other than Bart Starr is in the history of the Green Bay. Well, speaking we- of great quarterbacks, I want to thank Lee Roberts for being on the show today. He'll be on next Monday, not Tuesday, but next Monday, and uh, we're always very grateful for his time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the future. Mississippi Media Production.